1: Portions of the following program may be pre recorded. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church.
2: And it's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson right here on WABA 105.1 FM. For those of you wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, we're so glad you're hanging out with us today. And, of course, on our socials, on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, at Anderson Speaks is indeed my handle there. Now, if you're watching us online, you can already see on my socials I've got. A good-looking dude sitting right next to me. I'm going to introduce him to you in just a moment, Reverend Adam Russell Taylor. You'll learn more about him and his brand-new book that's been out of about a year now, A More Perfect Union. But before we do that, let me give you a couple of opening uh, comments, including my phone number. If you didn't know it, now you know it. 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. Put in your contacts. You can call me every day. I'm right here from 3 to 4, the first hour of Rush Hour, right here in the nation's capital, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania. As well. We are the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, and I got you. How about that? Now, listen, before I introduce the topic and our guests, I got to tell you about my conversation I just had with some bankers. Have you guys ever heard of Orrstown Bank? O R R -S 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 S. T-O-W-N, Orstown Bank. They're in Pennsylvania, like Chambersburg, Harrisburg. They're also in Maryland. And a great group of folk over there. And as I was talking to, to them about not only diversity, but about, um, you know, corporate responsibility, they're saying, Doc, we we want to hire people. So you may be thinking, you know what, I want a job. And uh, I want a good job with a good company. Well, Orstown Bank's the way to go. So I'm going to give you their number, and they have positions open for tellers, credit, lenders. You've been saying, I want to learn. I want to change my career. I want to start someplace where I could begin having a real career, or maybe I even want to jump over from a big, big bank to something that's more community-oriented. Check out Orstown Bank. Just ask for Ms. Barb. Here's her number. 717 709 3018 I'm going to give it to you again. 717, so you know that's Pennsylvania, right? 709-3018 for the Maryland and the Pennsylvania area. Give them a call, Town Bank. Ask for Miss Barb and tell them, Dr. Anderson told me to call about a job, a career. Okay, you got it? Now, we're going to open in a word of prayer, but before we do, the title of the book and the title of today's show is The Theology of the Beloved Community. As you know, it's Theological Thursday. So you know how we roll, but in case you don't, Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, that's today. And then open phone-in Fridays, anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. Then on Saturday, we have a special weekend edition from 3 to 3.30. Make sure you check that out. And if you're not tired of me, then you can always hang out with me for church if you want to. Uh, just check out bridgeway.cc. Our number right here live in studio is 888-43-BRIDGE. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us to connect with one another through this technology of radio. And we pray that the conversation today would move us closer to what your vision is for us as the church. And so we commit today's show and today's author and guest, Reverend Adam Taylor, to you. It's in your name we pray. Together, everyone said, amen. And amen. Well, Reverend Adam Taylor is the president of Sojourners and the author of a brand-new book over the last year, A More Perfect Union. And here's the subtitle, A New Vision for Building the Beloved Community. Now, previously, uh, he led a faith initiative at the World Bank Group and served as the vice president in charge of advocacy at World Vision U.S. and the senior political director at Sojourners. He also served as the executive director of Global Justice an organization that educates and mobilizes students around global human rights and economic justice. He was selected in 2009 and 10 uh, for the White House Fellows class and served in the White House Office of uh, Office of Cabinet Affairs and Public Engagement. He's a graduate of Emory University, the Harvard University Kennedy School of Government, and the Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology. He's an ordained minister as well in the American Baptist Church and the Progressive National Baptist Convention and serves in ministry at the Alfred Street Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Reverend Taylor, thank you so much for being here today.
3: Thank you. I'm honored.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that we're able to connect. You know, we've been together uh, in many different situations and scenarios, but we haven't had a chance to really just sit down and, and pick that brilliant brain of yours when it comes to uh, the work that you've been doing for a good portion of your life and today is theological thursday and the subtitle of your book is a new vision for building the beloved community for those who've never really heard that term before would you explain what is the beloved community
3: Absolutely so the term really was coined by a reverend named Josiah Royce who led and founded what was called the fellowship of reconciliation mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr was a member of that fellowship Mm-hmm. And really discovered the beloved community term through someone who has influenced my spiritual journey significantly, which is Howard Thurman, the great mm-hmm. theologian and mystic. So Dr. King talked about the beloved community he actually in a speech in Montgomery after the bus boycott victory described the end goal of the civil rights movement was redemption, reconciliation, and the building of the beloved community. Mm-hmm. So for King, the beloved community was about agape love, you know, unconditional love. It was about nonviolence, a deep mm-hmm. commitment to nonviolence. It was about equality, and what I've done in this book is to kind of take this moral vision and to try to redefine it, reimagine it in our current moment. Mm -hmm. And so you know, my most succinct definition of what it means to build a beloved community is to create a society, to create a nation where neither punishment nor privilege is tied to race or ethnicity or to ableness or to gender, and to create a society where everyone is seen and valued and everyone can realize their God-given potential. And I've kind of added another component into this, which is where we see our growing diversity as a nation as a strength, put Mm. in kind of Marvel terms, uh, our superpower, And rather than in D.C. terms seen as as, as kryptonite. And so (laughs) I think one of the real underlying fault lines in American society is still this question about whether we truly – want to embrace and become a more inclusive, just, multiracial democracy. Hmm. And I think that's tied to whether we also want to become or support a right. more inclusive, just, multiracial church.
2: Right. And and do you think that that beloved community idea was popularized by King and not known as much by Thur- from, from uh, Thurman? Or, or did it have its own sort of um, understanding with Thurman and then uh, he adopted that understanding to be a megaphone for it?
3: It really was popularized by King, no question. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly
2: some people knew
3: about some of Howard Thurman's writings, although some of those have been more rediscovered, I think, as mm-hmm. of late. Uh, Thurman definitely inspired King, but it was Dr. King, and not just Dr. King. It was also c- former you know, Congressman John Lewis and Fannie Lou Hamer and others who also spoke to the beloved mm-hmm. community as this North Star vision of the civil rights struggle. And, and part of the reason why... I focused on this in the book is I make the case that we as a society have not been as divided and polarized as we are today for a very long time, probably mm. since the height of the 1960s. And one of the challenges is that that polarization has become increasingly toxic. Mm. Polls show that not only do we distrust and dislike people of a different political persuasion, we now want to defeat them. We have contempt toward them. Mm. That rubs against the love ethic of jesus christ huh. and i think is a dangerous
2: place to be in our politics well when we get back let's talk more about the division and also the the vision uh for a beloved community and let me ask you my listeners how can america be more united i'd love to hear your voice on this if you want to jump in call me now how can america be more united 888-432-7434
4: Talk with Dr. David Anderson is not just an insightful radio talk show, but also a conversation that encourages listeners to engage in higher levels of understanding. Here's what people are saying about the show. Dr. Anderson, I've been listening to you for a couple
5: years now, and I just wanted to call in and say Amen and Hallelujah. You are on the mark.
4: I listen to you uh, very much, and it's good. It's very, very good to hear your refreshing voice on the radio. You are not afraid to take any topic. Uh, You are very humble. And it just gives us comfort. I love the radio station. My favorite is Marriage
0: Mondays. Even though not married, it's
6: okay. I love it. I love the advice. I listen to it all the time. I have my notifications on. I was on the show once upon a time. Um, So I just love the advice and just the biblical sound and just stuff that he says on here. It's just amazing to listen to. He's such an inspiration because not only does he impact the um, local area but his message is so powerful that it deserves
4: to go on a broader spectrum comprehension begins with conversation is not just a phrase it's a reality join the conversation at real talk
6: with dr david anderson
1: Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's
2: me, Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How can we as a country be more united? What are your thoughts on that? Help us out as we are having this conversation, because I'm sure that many of us come from different backgrounds and maybe even different uh, religions. And even if we have the same sort of faith journey, my guess is even within the faith journey, there are all kinds of differences. And so I'd love to hear more about that from you. If you have a question for me or my guest today, Reverend Adam Taylor, feel free to give us a call he is the author of a brand new book called a more perfect union and the subtitle is a new vision for building the beloved community right before the break we were talking about the beloved community let me give you my phone number so you can give us a call if you want to join in the number is 888-432-7434 that's 888-432-7434 or if you're trying to memorize the number while you're driving, just remember 888 43 bridge Now, before we go uh, back into some conversation about the beloved community, and I really love uh, Reverend Adam Taylor, your pithy definition where punishment or privilege is not attached to race. What a day uh, that that would be. Uh, but before we continue on that conversation, let's hear from Grace in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Grace. It's Dr. Anderson here. How are you? Grace, are you there? Going on once, going on twice. No, we'll have to catch you on the next one. Eight 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 four three bridge. Okay, so uh, uh, a country where punishment or privilege is not attached to race—that's the dream. What's the reality?
3: The reality is that we are far from that. We have made progress, and I think we have to celebrate that progress. But still, today, too often. Whether someone is stopped by the police, whether they are arrested or sentenced for the same crimes, still dramatically is tied to whether they are black or in some cases brown or whether they're white, et cetera on the privileged side, you know there's there's ways in which, because of so much of the injustice of the past, it continues to show up in the present, and there are still barriers and in some cases discrimination that black and brown people face today in this country mm-hmm. and so what reason why I think that that definition is so important is it's very measurable mm-hmm. and it's rooted both in our religious values. And, and you know, this is theological Thursday. So I want to mm-hmm. honor that,
0: mm-hmm.
3: that I, I describe what are called the beatitudes barring from Jesus of the beloved community. And the very first mm-hmm. one is a commitment to a Mago day, this mm-hmm. core conviction and belief that we are made in the image and likeness of God. And if we truly believe that, and if we truly honor that, we should have a much harder time discriminating against someone right. because right. of the color of skin or because of their gender or other other things.
2: Because and they're so, human,
3: they're human, right. right? Right. And right.
2: as a result of that, they have the image of God. That's what Imago Dei means. That they they have inherent value. That's right, regardless of their color, class, or culture. That's right. That's right. And what about their income and economic status?
3: I would include that there too. Uh huh. Okay. Absolutely right. That's right.
2: And what about if they don't believe what we believe, like they're atheists or they are? or are, are against Christianity.
3: Imago Dei welcomes all. It mm-hmm. is inclusive of all. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there, there's a, I, I talk about this in the book, but I spent some formative years, well, really formative six months uh, in South Africa, studying abroad in 1995, just mm-hmm. after the end of apartheid. And I learned some Zulu while I was there. So I'll share a little bit of what I learned. I've forgotten most of it, sadly. But there's a greeting in Zulu that says "Salbona,"
0: mm-hmm.
3: which literally means I see I see you, mm-hmm. and in a deeper sense, I see the God in you, mm-hmm. and the response is Kona," which mm-hmm. means I am seen, this belief tied into the understanding of Ubuntu,
2: mm-hmm. that
3: our lives are interconnected and interdependent, and that we can't fully realize our potential unless you see the potential in me.
2: Ubuntu, what is that?
3: Ubuntu is this African philosophy summarized by our Archbishop Desmond Tutu that says, I am because we are.
2: I am because, because we, we are. are. So it's separating, it's saying it's not just an individualistic I am, but the reason why I am is because we are together. So I can't be just an individualistic mindset only.
3: Right. It is It is like the most pithy summary of one of my favorite parts of scripture, which is Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, where he describes the body of Christ as being like the human body. That's right. And when one part suffers, all parts That's suffer right. with it. When all part, one part rejoices, all parts rejoice with it. That's right. That to me is the essence yeah. of what the beloved community looks like. And, you know, part of practicing it is seeing, you know, the God in everyone. Part of practicing it is refusing to succumb to hate and to love our enemies, which would be a radical commitment in our politics right now. Right, <laughs> There's not right. enough love going around right. in our politics, as you know.
2: Right. Eight 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 four three bridge. I think we have uh, Grace back from Baltimore. Hello, Miss Grace. How are you today?
5: Oh no, okay, Anderson. I just wanted to say thank you for having your guest on. But I also um, turn your radio want down to, just so we can hear
2: you more clearly, Miss Grace. Okay. Fine.
5: Thank you. No problem. Um, all right. Um, I, I appreciate you having your guests on and listening to all that he's sharing and I do appreciate, do appreciate him and his thoughts. While I also um, have the thought that the, the early church failed and because we're blessed to be in the multicultural church, we have the opportunity to live out who Christ is and we we, we have to ensure that we're living out who he is, and to if we're we're doing this well, it's going to go beyond the church, and it's going to affect the community. And so we we got to bless us with this opportunity, and we have to use it well.
2: That's right. Thank you so much, Miss Grace. I appreciate that. So she mentions the early church. The, The early church wasn't as segregated when it was started, was it?
3: When we think about the earliest church in Acts, where mm-hmm. the early disciples literally shared everything in common and lived in community, You know, it certainly was not segregated in the way right. that we understand it today.
2: So the, and, you had those that had a lot right. and those that had a little That's right. were worshiping together and somehow they were able to make sure that everybody was okay. That's right. There was always enough. It seems to be a really opposite of what it is today. Sadly,
3: right? it does, which I think unfortunately is at least in part an indictment of where the church is now. And I think either misplaced theology or in some cases distorted theology. One example is, you know, the kind of, there's different names for it. I call it the bling bling gospel, but the kind of health and wealth gospel Mm. that often emphasizes that, you know, the real emphasis of faith is what you can get from God, transactional relationship. And my material blessings is somehow evidence of my faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And what I think, you know, scripture really tells us instead is that we are to pick up our cross and follow. Mm -hmm. And that, there is more abundant life promise, but that doesn't always look the same way as as what many people profess.
2: Yeah, eight 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 four three bridge. That's the number here. I'm with Reverend Adam Russell Taylor. He's the author of a book called "A More Perfect Union: A New Vision for Building the Beloved Community." Um, the more perfect, a more perfect union is probably a phrase that many people might know, but many other people are like, "What does that mean?" Bring us back to that phraseology.
0: Yeah,
3: I love this story. So you know, because of the the musical Hamilton, I became a huge fan of Hamilton. He was mm-hmm. kind of the unsung hero of the mm-hmm. founding fathers. Well, mm-hmm. there's another founding father that even fewer people know about. So there was a, a founding father named Gouverneur Morris, about mm-hmm. 35 years old, from New York, who was charged during the Constitutional Convention to essentially write the preamble of the Constitution. He was the first communications consultant in mm. this country. How about that? And so he literally worked to coin words that would provide the Constitution its moral center and its kind of moral compass. And so from that, we get the words that are the most well-known from the Constitution, we the people, in order to create a more perfect union. Mm -hmm. Now, back then, there were 19 different colonies that were all kind of vying for power and to protect their interests. And so they needed some language that would help to transcend those divisions and unify them.
0: Mm.
3: Well, I think in in a similar vein, we need a moral vision that can unify our country across many of our different differences and divisions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not naive. I mean, there's not going to be necessarily one single vision. Right. But in this case, what I love about the beloved community is it hasn't been co-opted yet by one side or the other. Mm. It is a vision that emphasizes what often conservatives emphasize in terms of responsibility and community and what progressives often emphasize, which is an emphasis on human Mm -hmm. dignity and rights. It weaves those together in a way that actually could think I think provides a lot of common ground. And it's rooted both in our Christian tradition, but also in other religious traditions right. and in our constitution itself.
2: So what keeps us from this vision, right? The more perfect, a more perfect union, right? And we the people and the beloved community and God would want this. So what is one of the greatest single factors of racial division in our country in, from your per- opinion? So I'm going to go back to the Thurman Thurman and his
3: you know classic book, Jesus and the Disinherited, described the three hounds of hell that track the disinherited, which are fear, hatred, and hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a great deal of fear and hatred, often fear leading to hatred, mm-hmm. that is getting in the way of us building deeper relationships with each other, being being able to learn from each other and to be able to develop a kind of common vision and narrative for the country. Mm-hmm. And you know, that doesn't Change overnight, but it does require breaking out of our comfort zones. It does require, you know, really being committed to seeing the God and the other. Mm-hmm. And you said the
2: disinherited. What does that mean?
3: Disinherited means Thurman those. Thurman talking about there. That's right. He's talking about those whose backs are against the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, the people, the, the modern day widow, orphan, stranger, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. person living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think one of the things we should agree on as Christians is that Scripture from the Old Testament, to the New Testament. Puts a huge emphasis on protecting the most marginalized and most vulnerable.
2: Okay, so can I protect the most marginalized and uh, those that are most vulnerable by telling them they need to be more responsible and not just giving them handouts? You you can... You know, certainly right, do that. They, they don't have like, like they're abusing the system. I know I'm playing advocate of the other side here, but yeah, I'm doing it on purpose because people were thinking is, it, you know, they're abusing the system. It's not my responsibility. You know, I'll help people if they come across my path, but it's not my fault that they, they had eight kids and, and and they're not married. And now you want to use my tax dollars to uh, help feed them. Help help me out, Reverend Taylor. Right. So I, I think <laughs> <laughs> you get the
3: good questions here. So one, yeah. I think, kind of demonizing and blaming people for their condition just is mm-hmm. not the Christian way. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. Cast the first stone. Question right. that, Right. Secondly, there is, there are ways in which I do think we need to support people and empower them mm-hmm. and understand that many people are up against pretty significant challenges and barriers, some mm-hmm. which are very systemic. So if that same mother of eight was trying to feed and, and care for her children on a minimum wage, she couldn't do it in this economy. Mm-hmm including with an inflation rate up at eight percent And so we have so to understand all the forces that are at play and figure out hmm. how does the church play its role? How does government play its role? I'll, I'll name one issue that yeah. Sojourners has been very active
2: on. Hang on. Before okay. we go there, I'm going to go to my commercial break because I have to. But when we get back, I want to talk about Sojourners. I want to talk about um, this idea of the poor being poor, and it's kind of like, not, quote, unquote, not my fault. You're saying don't demonize them, empower them, be empathetic, uh, but if I really did want to do something, is there anything I could really do to help? And what are Sojourner's doing about it? So, see, we got a lot to talk about on the second half of the program, so don't you go anywhere. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
0: If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 800 Psalm 16. That's 800 P S A L M 16. 800 Psalm 16.
1: Do you have a leaky faucet, a running toilet, lights that don't work, or worse yet, a heating and air conditioning system that's been ignored for years? It's time to take some action and go to aactionhomeservices.com. Licensed in Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. with a 100% satisfaction guarantee.
5: aactionhomeservices.com
1: Problem solved. Here 105.1 FM WAVA wherever you are on our mobile app or on iHeart. Tune in, and now on Radio.com. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to
7: your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store.
0: For those who love contemporary Christian music, CCM Magazine is a must-read. Explore the latest redemptive music and the culture it impacts by starting your subscription today. Visit CCMMagazine.com.
6: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy!
2: Dr. David Anderson, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? It's Theological Thursday. We're talking about the theology of the beloved community. Before I get back to my interview with Reverend Adam Taylor, who's actually the author of this book, A More Perfect Union, let me just remind you folks, in case you were saying, what did you say earlier in the show? Earlier in the show, I was telling you about a conversation I had with the top leaders of Orrstown Bank. If you're looking to be a teller or work in credit or be a lender, they have positions open. They literally saying, Doc, we have positions open. If you have anyone call us today, Uh, we want to talk to them. So I'm going to give you the number in case you've been looking for a job, looking to maybe make a lateral move or uh, a upper move, or you said, you know what? I've never really been into banking, but they want to train me. Listen, this is the time to make the phone call. So it's like, I'm giving you a phone number and a name. You don't take it. That's on you. All right, so people are like, I'm trying to find a job. I've been on LinkedIn. Listen, I'm doing this as an opportunity for you, so pull over or tell somebody to write this down. Here's the number. Are you ready? 717-709-3018. Got it? 717-709-3018. Ask for Miss Barb. All right? She's waiting by the phone. You're looking for a job. You need to talk to her. Miss Barb, 717 709 Now, I'm talking with the author of this book, A More Perfect Union. And we've really been talking about the beloved community. And part of the idea of the early century church was that people from many different ethnic groups were coming together and worshiping the Lord. Acts chapter 2, they came to know the Lord because of the gospel of Jesus. And then you found out that you had people that were uh, more wealthy than other people and people that were less wealthy, but they were able to somehow uh, come together, Reverend Taylor. But now here we are at a time when uh, we're saying, okay, Yes, Jesus loves the poor. Got it. But is really the best way to help the poor uh, to throw money at these at these government programs? Maybe maybe there's a better way than letting the government take my tax money and throw it to these folk and they're still poor. It's not making any difference. Help us out with that.
3: Yeah. So one of the programs that Sojourners has been advocating. For. And we actually done this alongside the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and the National Association of Evangelicals and the National Council of Churches. It's probably the biggest, broadest coalition you have seen in a long time that disagree on a lot of things, but really agree that we should form a circle of protection around the poor. Mm-hmm. So one of the programs that has made a huge difference is called the Child Tax Credit. This is a program that's been around for a long time, but during the midst of the COVID crisis, there was a commitment under the American Rescue Plan to not only expand the benefit, but to make it available to more people, particularly people that have very, very little income, all the way down to almost zero income. And it provides a lifeline to families that often struggle to ensure their kids have enough nutritious food to eat, struggle to be able to buy clothes and backpacks for them to be at school, et cetera. And -hmm. what's remarkable about this program is that it's been studied and, and measured in lots of ways, and families use the money to benefit their kids didn't get diverted, wasted very much at all on other things.
2: So it's called the Child Tax Credit Program, right? And And how do they get it?
3: They get it by when they file their taxes. They qualify by having a certain level of income, Mm -hmm. and then they are granted uh, the benefit, which comes in a check from the government. Mm -hmm. And this program, this kind of expanded version of it, helped to reduce child poverty in this country by 40%. Cut in 40% based on one single commitment and program. So we know it works. We know it's very effective. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough bipartisan will and support to continue it. So it expired Mm -hmm. in the spring. How
2: long did it go on? So this expanded version lasted about a year and a half. So that's how they could measure that child poverty uh, decreased. That's right. By, you said, 40%. That's right. Because it went for a year and a half. That's right. Which means that the the Family, the parents, or whatever, were receiving a check in the mail yep. that then lifted them up out of a particular tax bracket or financial level that they were in. That's right. Then it wasn't passed again or extended. So now what?
3: Most of those folks have fallen back into poverty. Mm-hmm. And many of them, that means in practical terms, that they are now struggling even more to put food on the table and mm-hmm. make ends meet with their budgets. Mm-hmm. And, and why this is probably important, particularly for young kids. And this is something that I, I definitely want to emphasize. The majority of a child's brain is fully developed by the age of two. So this first kind of thousand days, two years of life, literally helps to determine what trajectory they go on. Can mm-hmm. they realize their full God-given potential or is it that can be sabotaged because they don't get enough food to eat? They don't get enough care and love at home, mm-hmm. whether they are exposed to trauma, all these things yeah. can help.
2: But how do you know that um, that money is being used to get more food for the kid? Are we just assuming that if you give that check to that family, they're going to use it in the right way? Is that where we're empowering them?
3: Yeah, I mean, there there is there is a kind of implicit trust in that, but they also have done a lot of follow-up surveys, mm-hmm. and then you know the kind of results speak for themselves in terms of, improve nutritional outcomes for those those very families Mm -hmm. Um, in some cases it's enabled a family member or a parent to be able to afford childcare, so that they can go back into the workforce so there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of ripple effects have been very positive
2: gotcha when we get back we're going to spotsylvania virginia to talk to randy if you're just joining us we've been talking to reverend alan adam taylor and he's the author of a cool book it's called a more perfect union you got to check it out we'll be right
1: back
2: Cut the lawn for your neighbors. Go to Laser with a Z Landscaping LLC on Facebook or give them a call if you want them to beautify your lawn. 240-516-4967 for those who live in the Prince George's County and surrounding areas. Their number once again, 240 240- It's Laser Landscaping. Or just ask for the owner, Fidel. And make sure you tell Fidel that Dr. Anderson sent you. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? 888-432-7434. That is my number live in studio on this Theological Thursday as we're talking about the theology of the beloved community with our guest, Reverend Adam Taylor, the author of a book, A More Perfect Union. Google it. Check it out. Uh, he's also president and CEO of Sojourners, and we're going to learn more about what they do. You already heard a little bit about this circle of protection with the child tax credit program. Before we continue on in the conversation, uh, Reverend Taylor, you want to take a couple of phone calls? Sure. All right, let's go to Randy in Spotsylvania, Virginia. Hey, Randy, Dr. Anderson here. How you doing?
7: I'm great, Dr. Anderson. Thank you for taking my call.
2: Pleasure. What do you think?
7: i uh, uh, loving the show, loving it a lot, but the biggest thing I see is that the church, we the church, are expecting government to take care of people. Mm-hmm. And that's not the example Paul gave us
2: mm-hmm.
7: when to take care of the church. He didn't go to Rome. He didn't go even to the Hebrew temple or anything. He went to the church to take care of the poor. Mm-hmm. And it's fine having government do its part, but isn't it our responsibility as a church to take care of the church?
2: Yeah, really good. The wealthy question.
7: part of the church taking care of the poor church. It's like if I can say. A Something I hear Dennis Prager say all the time, the bigger the government, the smaller the the God. Hmm. Isn't that what we as a people are doing in the United States, trying to get the government
2: to solve all of our problems? Thanks, Randy. Let me ask Reverend Taylor to respond to that. Would that be good? That'd be great. Thank you. You got it.
3: No, I appreciate both questions. Um, So the the thing that I would emphasize is that to me it really is a both-and. Yes, there's no question the church has a huge role and caring for people that are poor, that are vulnerable. And many churches do that with food pantries and homeless ministries and so much more. But so often that isn't enough, and the government is supposed to reflect our values. It is supposed to, if you actually look uh, also in Paul in his letter to the Roman church, he describes kind of two core functions for government. This is Romans 12. He says the government is designed to restrain evil and to provide for the common good. And for me, the common good is about how can we ensure that everyone isn't able to thrive. And, you know, we have a society that is deeply unequal, where a lot of kids in particular are struggling to be able to get a good education or be able to have enough to eat, et cetera. So I do think the the government has to play a really – clear effective role in that not by itself but in conjunction with churches yeah. and other other parts
2: church definitely needs a step up thanks a lot randy i appreciate your call okay
3: thank you i appreciate you
2: blessings to you let's go to vienna virginia and talk to malik who's on the line hi malik it's dr anderson how you doing
5: hey, hey dr anderson it's malik how are you malik
2: doing? there you go good to meet you sir good what do you, what are you good thinking good today to
5: meet you. I, I i think I uh, a little bit disagree with your yeah. okay. um, you know i I am in support of um, of supporting our sisters brothers are poor, but i I never had an experience with the government that actually solved the problem for people mm-hmm. um handling a check for two hundred five hundred dollars uh went in the blue moon. It doesn't really solve the the poverty. The only way you can solve poverty is to either provide people a job child care child support. If you have a single mom who uh, trying to, um, you know, provide for her family, the best way to do it is to provide a good, high quality. But handling a check for two hundred dollars or five hundred dollars is never going to solve the issue. Um I, I, will, gotcha. I, I think I mentioned that to you before in previous conversation. I, I grew up in 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 Egypt and. Mm-hmm. Um, the government has, hands all the money, basically, and it's a, a socialist country, but uh, but does not solve the people's po- poverty.
2: Gotcha. The only way
5: you can solve it is to educate them, give them a good job, and get a child support for single moms or single dads to go out and work.
2: Got it. Let me ask uh, Malik. Let me ask uh, Reverend Taylor then what he thinks about that. Thank you for your call. You can listen on the air. So government, uh, if they give a check for two, three, five hundred dollars, it's not going to help anybody. You really got to help people get educated.
3: So again, you know, things like the child tax credit are not a panacea. They're not going to solve poverty, but they play a really critical role. The the thing that you know we have to really wrestle with is what do, what do we do in scenarios where there are many single mothers but also in some cases two headed households that are making the minimum wage and are still living below the poverty line because at least nationally it is at a pretty low i would say kind of pathetic rate of about $8 an hour now mm-hmm.
2: it's higher so in some that's places where than gov- others. but this is where government can help right like that's if right. if you're if you minimum wage is not a living wage that's a government issue isn't it that's
3: right and i would say in a broader sense it's a societal issue so Mm -hmm. we as a society we as a church have to find out the best ways to ensure that that kind of family is able to thrive and again it's not going to just be one approach or one solution but a combination of them and you know i think we have to also add in the reality that we still have a very unequal and i would say broken education system that is offering very different opportunities and and levels of education. So when he's talking the about country, education, that
2: right. th- th- these issues actually cross cross paths, don't they? They do. And they do. so we can't just say it's a church issue or the government can't help. It's like you can't do education and you can't do uh, wages and employment without government being a part of it. The question is how much government. I'm sure. That's right.
3: And and you know, uh, you know, I, what I, I'm kind of. Dating myself a little bit, but I'm, I'm a big fan of good and effective government. <laughs> this is very yeah. popular in yeah. the 1990s, yeah. 1980s. But you know, that's, I think, what we have to – we have to have a real conversation about what government programs work the best, what are most needed, and how can they complement and not get yeah. in the way of what the church is offering.
2: Well, and this false idea of big government, small government, right. like, as if you know one party is about small government and not spending, I don't think it's about big government and small government. I think it's about where you spend the money because you can have one party – uh, spend a whole lot more money than another party even though that their platform may be you know uh smaller government smaller government but what it could mean is no uh still spending a lot of money still got a huge uh you know uh you know national debt uh you know still spending money on wars still spending money on the military so it's not like okay they really are spending less the republicans are spending less than the democrats for smaller government. If that were really the case, I wonder how many people would say, you know what, I'm kind of for that. Right. Or, you know, the Democrats, we just want uh, programs uh, to throw money at people, but they never really get better. Well, I don't think anybody wants that either.
3: Right. Well, and, and, and then let's, let's look at what changed the welfare system in this country. It was a bipartisan approach that said let's not end welfare entirely, but let's put in place – Safeguards and measures to ensure that people can't stay on it forever, and that there are incentives. It was like a welfare to
2: work. It was, wasn't it? it? Was, right? Huh. So I like what you said. Good, effective government. That's right. So let's not worry about the whole big government, small government, because the reality is, if you look at the data, that means nothing. It's how much money it comes in. And where are you spending it? What programs are you spending it on? So if a if a administration says, we're going to spend it on space and we're going to spend it on military and we're going to spend it on on giving businesses a, a, a break and, and millionaires a break, that's not actually smaller government. That's taking government money and reallocating it so a certain group of people do better than others. That's right. And Am I'm I right like, about that? Yeah,
3: you're right. You're right. And I want to see a lot more good and effective government in the military as well. I think military investments are needed, but there's a lot of waste in the way in which you spend our military Mm -hmm. money. And so, you know, let's have an equal level of accountability and scrutiny across Mm -hmm. all the government programs because it is our taxpayer money, right?
2: Good and effective government for the last minute here. I want you to tell us about uh, Sojourners for those who have never heard of it. And how can people get a hold of you before you, uh, before we go to our break in the next minute?
3: Quickly. So go to Sojour.net. You can read some of our so uh,
2: or- S-O-J-O dot net.
3: Yeah, thanks for breaking that down. So, <laughs> yeah, we have content that's about the intersection of faith, politics, and culture. We also have a kind of advocacy and mobilizing arm that tries to help equip and inspire Christians of all stripes to put their faith in action for justice and peace.
2: Mm. Well, there you have it. If you want to know how to put your faith in action for justice and peace, if you want to know how to advocate for the beloved community, then... Reverend Adam Taylor, somebody you want to look up. You can find his book on Amazon, I'm sure. And is there any particular place where you want people to get the book from?
3: I mean, I'm a big fan of independent bookstores. So whatever your favorite one is, you can find it there. Um, But yeah, please check it out and 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 spread the word.
2: Can they find it at sojo.net as well?
3: Uh, they can.
2: I, I feel like they should be able to since you're like the guy that runs the place. I was sure <laughs> of so, right? Uh, once again, we have the author of the book. I'm lifting it up on social media if you see us right here. Uh, A More Perfect Union, the subtitle, A New Vision for Building the Beloved Community. Reverend Adam Russell Taylor, foreword by Representative John Lewis. So there you have it. Humbling you Thank you so that. much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate you, my brother.
3: Thank you. Appreciate you too.
2: We'll be right back.
4: Don Crow here for Sarah and Debbie Reynolds, the Reynolds Empower Home Team with Keller Williams Realty. I've got to tell you about home sellers Joseph and Diane, who had their home on the market for almost a year with another agent. When Joseph and Diane called Debbie and Sarah, they got their home sold in just six days, and they even got them $10,000 over asking price. Wow. Do the right thing and call Sarah and Debbie Reynolds, the Reynolds Empower Home Team with Keller Williams Realty. They have over 15,000 ready buyers in their exclusive home buying system. Sarah and Debbie will get the job done and put more money in your pocket. They will even guarantee if your home doesn't sell, they will buy it for cash at a price acceptable to you. Guaranteed in writing. Call my friends at the Reynolds Empower Home Team right now at 844-881-SOLD. That's 844-881-SOLD. Or visit DebbieHasTheBuyers.com. That's DebbieHasTheBuyers.com. This is something that no parent should have to hear, especially during Christmas
1: time.
7: They used to look at me and say, Mom, we're hungry. You know, for me,
4: I would go without just so they could be fed.
1: With your gift through Central Union Mission, you can make sure a parent doesn't have to hear that. With a gift of just $25, you'll provide a holiday grocery bag with items for two weeks' worth of meals. How many grocery bags can you provide? Give today at missiondc.org. How is your job to school?
4: WAVA is proud to welcome the Trans-Siberian Orchestra when they return to Capital One Arena for two spectacular shows on December 26th. WAVA is giving away 10 pairs of tickets to these amazing concerts. Go to WAVA.com and click on the WAVA Fan Club link at the top of the page. It's an unforgettable, multi-generational Christmas tradition with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Go to WAVA.com and click on WAVA Fan Club.
6: Love, joy, and happiness. That's what you feel when your baby is well-fed and nourished. If you are pregnant, a new mom, breastfeeding, or have a child under the age of five, you may qualify for WIC, a nutrition benefit program. To see if you are eligible, visit virginiawic.com. That's virginiawic.com. A program brought to you by the Virginia Department of Health.
2: Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Theological Thursday. Well, we had a guest, uh, Reverend Adam Taylor. He is the author of the book, Uh, More Perfect Union, and the subtitle is A New Vision for Building the Beloved Community. I'm glad that he was here uh, with us today. If you want to give me your feedback on what you thought about that interview, feel free to go to andersonspeaks.com, hit me up on email there, and give me your feedback uh, about that interview. I also want to make sure before the show ends, I remind you that I've talked to the leaders of Orrestown Bank. Have you heard of them? They're a small bank. They have a few locations in Maryland, a few locations in Pennsylvania, like Chambersburg or Harrisburg. And I was talking with them, uh, talking about some diversity, equity, inclusion, leadership stuff. And guess what they told me? They said, we actually have some jobs available right now. And uh, if you have somebody call us from your show, we are willing to talk to them. We're willing to help them. We're willing to see where they're at in their career. Anything in the area of being a teller, being in the area of credit, being in the area of lending. You may have been thinking about the banking industry. You may have been thinking about, you know what, I kind of want to make a shift in my career. This is the time to call. I'm hooking you up. I'm giving you a phone number. If you don't call us on you, okay, so people are always trying to say, you know, can you connect me with someone? I'm connecting you right now with someone. Her name is Barb, okay? Call Miss Barb, all right? I'm going to give you the number. You call Miss Barb, all right? Get your resume to her. Make the the phone call connection. Even before you send the resume, you can make the phone talk to a person, Miss Barb, and call her today. Here's her number. You ready? 717. So you know it's Pennsylvania. 717-709-3018. One last time, 717-709-3018. I love the idea of the beloved community. I didn't realize that it was uh, Grosvenor Morris that actually came up with that phraseology, We the People, uh, with regard to a more perfect union, so that was a good lesson that I learned but the the idea of the beloved community uh you know that uh, we 've heard about uh, from Thurman you know in his book Jesus and the Disinherited and popularized uh, by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, gives us all a vision of what we all desire uh, to live, and that is a place where people who are black. White, Asian, Hispanic, young and old, and many different diversities can still live together in a nation. And of course, within the body of Christ, uh, it doesn't matter whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, Uh, We are all given the same spirit to drink, says 1 Corinthians 12. And Reverend Taylor mentioned 1 Corinthians 12 being one body of many parts. And if one rejoices, the other one rejoices with it. If one suffers, the other suffers with it. Well, guess who wrote a book on that chapter of the Bible? (laughs) yours truly that's right the book is gracism the art of inclusion that's right so make sure you check it out if you don't already have a copy all right hey listen let's pray together heavenly father as we end today's show we pray that your spirit would go with us wherever we go please protect and be with every one of my listeners under the sound of my voice today for it is in the name of Jesus we pray amen and amen (laughs)